Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? All right, so we have a fun episode for you this week, uh, mainly because both Nick Gray, the editor-in-chief of Fandroid, and myself, we honestly just needed to get on a call and just talk, <laughs> to just have a little bit of fun actually chatting with a friend and whatnot, because while there might not have been too many pieces of news this past week, there were definitely some, and we talk about them in this episode, more or less we were just feeling a little bit sluggish with all the work that has been going on lately, and we needed some time to be able to chat. With all of that in mind, the two of us have a nice spirited chat about a few different topics the main one being the Poco F2 Pro, which is just announced and should be on its way. Hopefully we'll get our hands on it pretty soon. And as it turns out in the chat, we got a reminder from somebody that it did happen this week, which is why we launched into that discussion for the first part of this episode. After that, we do talk about the TCL 10 Pro and the 10L a little bit. These are the more affordable phones from TCL who is trying to get into the smartphone market after already proving that they have a pretty strong foothold in the TV market. So maybe we'll see a little bit of their TV prowess in the smartphones. Now we do have the TCL 10 Pros in our hands and we do talk a little bit about how we feel about the phone overall while doing a much larger discussion around it regarding affordable devices and how that market is going to look in the next couple of months. And then finally, for our little Q&A session-ish at the end of this episode with the IG Live live chat, uh, we do talk about a little bit of gaming as well. Uh, Nick Gray has told me on a number of occasions recently that he's been playing a lot of Call of Duty Mobile, and now I'm officially on it, uh, more often that is, because of a particular phone, and that would be the Red Magic 5G. Gaming phones are really ramping up right now, and we have a lot of them that are about to come in. Uh, and the Red Magic 5G that I just unboxed recently over on my channel, youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara, has the air trigger buttons, which obviously really help in a game like Call of Duty Mobile. Hence, I'm on there a lot, and I imagine that Nick and I are going to end up playing a lot together moving forward. Remember to follow Pocket Now on Instagram so you can see the IG Live recordings every single week. And with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into today's discussion with Nick Gray of Fandroid. Let's have a chat. I love that I do that countdown, but in all honesty, I tend to just sort of feel it out and like just line it up anyway. Like it's, not, it's actually not that big a deal. It helps. Well, I mean, it get it gives you a good place to start rather than me starting at 45 seconds before you do. <laughs> That's true, which has happened before. I think that happened actually last week when we had Thunder E on the on the show. Um, I don't know how that happened. Oh, leave it up to An Anabong to screw it up. Right? <laughs> it was funny because like when, when, when I got into the editing booth and um, I was looking at both waveforms, one started way before the other. And when I asked about his iPhone SE giveaway, he was talking about like, just like, getting food or something and i was just like this this definitely is not right <laughs> it's not the right place <laughs> all right well um so as i was telling some of our um peeps in the live chat this is going to be you know nick and i talked about it a little bit we have a couple of things that we do want to discuss it has been a pretty busy week as far as um announcements has is concerned i mean every week is pretty much the same uh but there was one, Nick, that you and I did not really touch upon in our pre-show sort of like note-taking sesh. Uh, Poco. Freaking Poco did their, did their announcement this week, too. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get yeah, to... Yeah, I didn't know how, how interested you would be in that since it's not coming to the U.S., but, I mean, they are doing a push and trying to promote it a little bit more than they did last year. So. Exactly. So we'll get or into that. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I will say that I believe a review unit should be on its way at some point soon at least in my case um 
And I hope to get my hands on that because let's put it this way. We'll talk about this more in a little bit. I do want to make sure we do our, our, our general check-in. Um, the Pocophone F2, what was funny was was the original Pocophone was the Poco F1, so F-O-N-E, so Pocophone. So we're talking about the Poco F2. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the, um, the Poco F2 is the... Uh, it's basically it, well, on a spec sheet. It's supposed to be a lot like some of the red means that red means that have come out in those parts of the world in India and in China and whatnot. God, I wish that Poco would would come to the U.S. so that we could continue enjoying what everyone in other places of the world enjoy, like all the time, like the affordable high end yep. phones, you know. Uh, but but before we get to any of that stuff, because a couple of people were asking in the chat, so it was a good reminder, uh, Juvan. Um, shout out to you. You did remind me about the Poco. Thank you for that. I uh, just want to see how you're doing. It's a hat day for the both of us, so obviously our, our hair is all over the place. I mean, I'll, you showed yours. I'll show mine. I have. It's less about how long. This. It's not how long the hair is. It's just that when my hair gets long, it gets it gets incessantly oily. That's my problem. So I have an oily head. <laughs> mine, mine does the opposite. It just gets fuzzy and fluffy and... Yeah, I hate it. Uh, so I, I think about a month ago we were on the pot, we were on your podcast, and I had, my wife had just cut my hair, so it actually looked really good. Mm-hmm. And now it's been a month, and I need another another haircut. So no, things are going good. Uh, it's a rainy day. I don't. I'm in the attic. That's where my office is. So I don't know. You might be able to hear the rain on the roof. Uh, had the, it, it's nice outside, so I had the windows open, but the the rain got a little bit loud there for for a minute or two before we got this started. So, um, I don't know, been just working. We actually got out last, was it Wednesday? We, we went out to the beach, uh, for a little bit just to walk around and uh, get some fresh air because we looked at our calendar and we're like, the last time we did a family outing was for my wife's birthday in early April. Mm. So it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, um, so need some fresh air. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know that, uh, okay, so I'm just going to admit right now that I've been very just upset and kind of sad over the last few days just why, because with the news of everything that's coming out and just how uneven like the response to all of this is and also like you know, I'll be I'll be vulnerable for like a minute here. Like I'm in a long distance relationship and it's a very well documented relationship of me and another tech YouTuber, Isa Rodriguez of course. Um and like like yeah, like it's I I actually am feeling pretty down about the fact that I probably won't see her for like another year because neither of us are going to want to travel until a vaccine is available. So I've been, I've been kind of, I'm not gonna lie. I've been kind of down, which is why I want this chat to be like, we'll we'll just wing this show because just as much as I'm feeling this way, I'm sure probably some people who are in the chat or who might be watching or listening to this right now might be feeling some kind of way like that too. So it's good to just be able to chill out mm-hmm. and just be able to talk and just be able to like, you know, chat it up, you know, uh, shoot the shit as they say. So, um, but yeah, you mentioned actually hang out with friends because we don't get to see each other. Exactly. Um, I was, the reason why I brought that up is because you mentioned beaches and of course that's like a huge point of contention right now in my home state, which is California. <laughs> so we have a big yep. problem right now as far as like how to, how to work the beaches and how to make sure that social distancing is still a thing and you know, wearing masks and ones and stuff like that. I actually went out with my family yesterday to a botanical garden nearby, which has remained open throughout quarantine, but they have been limiting the people that can go in. And it's like a three mile stretch mm-hmm. of just like 
grassland and just different gardens and whatnot, which is incredible. So it's easy to stay away from other people. And we just ran around. And what I what I loved about this outing was, in my case, I was taking pictures for the iPhone SE versus Pixel 3a video that just went out on Pocket Now. And I got to tell you, it was nice to come back to the Pixel 3a. One of the points I made in that video is that even if the Pixel 3a didn't sell like hotcakes, everyone that tried it liked it, I feel like. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you were there at Google I.O. when... You were at Google I.O. last year, right? I was not. No, I, you didn't. Go. I told this story on that video and ended up cutting it out because the video turned out like 12 minutes long. Um, so I got it down to nine and a half. By cutting out this anecdote, I was there. I was at the amphitheater standing where people were checking in because I brought TK and somebody else. Um, Try to remember who the other person was. Oh, got a bit of a pause on Nick's feed. So let's uh, let's make sure he comes back in. But... To everybody else, since I'm telling this anecdote, um, I was there in the check-in area, and it looks like Nick is going to let me know what happened. I cut out. You cut out, Nick. <laughs> I'm not sure if you can see this. Um, Chat, let me know how you guys out, are all doing. My hopefully, this rolling, isn't just a, uh, hopefully, this is just a temporary no thing. Clue. There you go. There we go. Nice. Um, Finally. Good so, job, Instagram. I know, right? Um, all right. So uh, first of all, shouts out to Diego. Diego just jumped into the chat. Um, oh, so the anecdote. I was standing in the actual like check-in area because I brought TK and somebody else. I think I've said this story before, too. We, w- we went up to San Francisco for a, a previous event. Another, I think it was Honor was having an event, or Huawei. I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, there was an Honor event like the day before. Yeah, it was Honor. So I was there, but the problem was I brought them there, I dropped them off, and then I went to the airport to come home. So as I was in the air, they were announcing the Pixel 3a. I landed... I went straight to Best Buy and bought the Pixel 3a <laughs> because since I wasn't at Google I.O., I wasn't going to get it. It was re- available that day. Yeah. It was available that day. And since I wasn't at Google I.O., I wouldn't get a review unit. So I had to I had to like get it myself and I did my videos on it and all that. And it was it was uh it was a good time. And the thing I noticed was they only had two. And they said they had seven and five had gotten pre-ordered in the within the half hour that it was announced so clearly there was a demand for it it may not have sold historically mm-hmm. as a very high selling device but when it was first announced it was like whoa a pixel for 400 bucks like that's was it 450 something like that yeah and so you know being at google io got to spend some time with the device you know they they gave it out for review there and you know with all the other tech journalists that were there the first initial reaction to it before anybody actually started using it was yeah <laughs> it's a mid-range phone who cares and then the next day because google io is multiple days the next day everybody had had you know they picked up their device went home that evening played with it showed up the next day and everyone was like this is the best 450 dollars phone i've ever used mm-hmm. and not because the build quality was incredible it was just because it was an overall clean experience, well-rounded experience, and the camera had no compromises whatsoever. Yeah. As far as a mid-range, it, it, it was shooting as a flagship device 
at a mid-range price point, which you don't get. Because you honestly, like today, you get flagship devices that are shooting as mid-range devices because they skimp on the camera or they don't get the software right for it. So the fact that you had a mid-range device shooting as a flagship device kind of flipped the whole thing on its head. Yeah, indeed. And again, it's it's where our eyes are being opened to the possibilities of a mid-range phone. Because I think when the marketing is just flagship, flagship, $900, $1,000, and all of that, it's so easy to get that phone, see a couple of faults in it, and then get really disappointed. It's a way better story to be given a phone that's 450 have certain expectations in place, and have those expectations exceeded. It's a way better story. Mm-hmm. And I'm so looking forward to the next two months of every phone doing that, hopefully. Ideally, you know. So the iPhone SE, yeah, the I Pixel mean, 4a, the Poco, for example. I mean, I know Poco's not coming to the US, yeah. but yeah. But that's the one thing with the Poco is that it's historically not had good cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you slapped on the, the Google camera app onto the original Poco phone, it took kind of decent pictures. But, I mean, compared to other flagship devices, it was way behind. But, again, the original Pocophone was, what, $399 two years ago? I think so, yeah. It's when been a while. They, yeah, w- when there were, you know, $800 phones. So it was half the price. So this one's, you know, 100 bucks more at $499. Uh, but then, again, you know, the cheapest Galaxy S20 device is 1000 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it'll be nice to see what your opinion is once you actually get your hands on it, because it, it looks like it will be an appealing device. And yes, there are going to people, there are people who will trash it simply because it doesn't have every spec <laughs> available known to mankind. Yeah. And I just finished up my Gal- my OnePlus 8 review. And honestly, I love the OnePlus 8 more than the 8 Pro. And for me, the reason for that, even though I didn't have to go out and buy this phone, but for me, I'm always looking at the value as to what you are getting. And for me, the value as to what you're getting with the OnePlus 8 at $200 less than the 8 Pro definitely makes up for it. You know, that money that you save is definitely worth it. I mean, for $200, you can go out and buy yourself a 42-inch TV right now. Yeah. So buy an 8 and get yourself your you got a small TV, just upgrade your TV as well and save yourself the 200 bucks or use it for something else. Which kind of perplexes me. I mean, because every time the OnePlus 8 is brought up in conversation, the first thing I think of is carrier. And the first thing I always think of is somebody walking into like a Verizon or um, what's the other, the T-Mobile mm-hmm. and just seeing that phone. And it is in the line of phones that are available via carrier plans. It is probably the best deal right now. Um, it's oh definitely yeah it's got the high end specifications it's got 5G if you're on Verizon it has millimeter wave which again I get it mm-hmm. millimeter wave is so rare right now but you know if you're in an area yeah, where you got it's only applicable to like 10 people <laughs> yeah like if you're in Chicago go for it but <laughs> like the um the, the the fact that you can get that at around 699 or something like that the reason why I find that price so good is because there's a phone that I was hoping would undercut that and actually bring some pretty dope specifications, pretty dope experiences, the LG Velvet. And we still don't know what's going to happen with the Velvet here in the US, but if you were to convert the price that it will be in um, Korea to American dollars, it's the same price as the OnePlus 8. And that's just not a winning combination. It just isn't because it's got... No, it's more. 
It's more. It's a hundred bucks more. Is it it's 100 the same bucks more? price as the cheapest? It's it's eight hundred dollars. Oh, I thought it was seven hundred. It's the same price as the cheapest. No, it's the same price as the cheapest option for the V60 here in the U.S., which is on T-Mobile, mm-hmm. and that's eight hundred dollars. Uh, so it, it's actually like twenty bucks more uh, if you convert convert it. But like in Korea, the price was a little bit more than the V60, mm-hmm. the LG V60. So it's a mid-range phone with that, you know, mid-range Snapdragon processor. But because of the design, they thought they can charge a premium for it. And, you know, when we talked about it a couple weeks ago on your podcast, it was we were kind of excited for, you know, this could be the preview of what that mid-range Pixel 5 could be Mm -hmm. with that Snapdragon 765. But if they're going to price it like a flagship smartphone with a mid-range chipset, that's that's just wrong. Yeah, that's true. Especially when you have devices like the Poco that is selling for four ninety nine with the Snapdragon eight sixty five. Yeah, like that that just doesn't compute. Yeah, so why don't we go ahead and just like keep going on the Poco train for a bit? The and and that's and you know what? Just to double back real quick, yes, that's the whole reason why the LG Velvet really disappointed me is because I was very excited for it, and then when the price was anywhere above five hundred dollars, it was like, oh come on. That just can't, that won't, that won't translate well to a Western audience. It just won't. And no, especially when you have the OnePlus 8 there and you have like the iPhone SE, like, you know, if you're going to hit the market hard, you have to do it in such a way that actually contends with the phones that people will buy, not against their flagships. You have to contend against the phones that people Mm -hmm. are actually buying. That's the difference. Um, which is why I actually think the V60 is a wonderful prospect. It's a wonderful phone at a wonderful price for people who may not be true tech enthusiasts who are actually looking at every single spec sheet thing. Again, if you're walking into a carrier and you see the V60, it's actually a pretty good deal. Like you could put that right next to the OnePlus A and it's not a bad deal. Um, but the yeah, ve- I'd recommend it. I mean, honestly, it's a great phone. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the Poco is concerned, um, my main point about the Poco uh, at least right now, the Poco for two, as I'll keep calling it, is that the um, it is basically on paper a very similar phone to the Redmi. Oh God, there's so many Redmi's out there that you can't keep them in line. Um, and I it's and it's so not like hard. the <laughs> Redmi Note, yeah, the Redmi <laughs> A something, uh, Redmi X50 Pro. I just saw that in this article. Um, you know, shouts out to the homies at Android Authority. I'm looking at their. I'm looking at their article on it right now. And what I find so interesting here is that like, yeah, you have the Redmi that has the high-end specifications. It has been rebranded, put together into a different package, and now it's the Poco F2. And the and not even just the F2, it's the F2 Pro. Um, and Jivan just, yeah, just chimed because in. Because the F2 was a mid-range device. Yes. They released that in India a couple months ago, and it's a mid-range device. So it's not really the successor to the original Pocophone. Yeah. Um, so F2 Pro, which... The analog, it seems, as Jivan is trying to chime in, is the Redmi Note 9 Pro, which, oof, okay, um, <laughs> we know some We know some of our friends, uh, Isa included, out in Asia who have had some time with the Redmis, and they do say that there are some good values, there are some really good uh, phones out there for lower prices with the high-end specs. I would love for Poco to be the company that comes to the U.S., blows the doors off of the mid-range game, and says, hey... All the stuff you expect in this phone, you don't have to pay a whole lot. Even Poco themselves are using the term flagship killer where OnePlus does not anymore. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. is a really interesting yeah, marketing using it directly strategy. on their website, on the product page. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing I, th- I think uh, I, OnePlus did invent that term, the flagship killer, with the original 
you know, one plus one phone that came out way back in the day, but they they've shied away from it because of, you know, the way that they're marketing their devices. They're, you know, not as cheap as what they used to. The the value proposition really isn't there anymore for OnePlus devices. It's still a great deal, but not as great as it used to be. But uh yeah, I mean Xiaomi and Poco could definitely run with it. Uh my my issue is and yes, they are trying to market this a little bit more in the US, but from what we've seen from the parent company, Xiaomi they are not coming to the U.S. anytime soon. I mean, they're making strides to make sure that they have a solid foundation over in Europe, which is great. And honestly, it makes a little bit more sense for them because Europe is one of those markets where you buy unlocked devices. You don't go to your carrier partners. And as as we've seen, OnePlus did really well last year. It was their biggest growth year in the U.S. last year, mainly for the fact that they got their phone in with T-Mobile. And, mm-hmm. you know, were available as a device for from a carrier partner because that's just the way consumers think here in the U.S. They still go to their service providers to buy their phone when they don't have to, which is completely ridiculous. I mean, I can't remember the last time I actually went to a service provider and purchased a phone. Uh, I think the unlocked. last time I actually did was unlocked. No, like, so I think the last time I actually purchased a phone from a service provider was when there were still two-year contracts. Mm which means every two years you could get essentially a $400 discount on a phone. And so I was, I was, you know, buying phones internationally unlocked and having them shipped to me. But every two years I would go to T-Mobile and buy a device, a high-end device that was like a $600 phone, pay $200 for it, and then go to Craigslist and sell it and pocket my $400. Because if, if you didn't do it, you know, it was built into your contract price with your carriers that, you know, you just had these higher prices and you can get these discounts every two years. And if yeah. you didn't buy your phone, you're essentially leaving money on the table. So that, I mean, that's what I was doing. But I, I think that was like six, seven years ago, the last time I bought, uh, you know, a phone from a service provider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should and- never do it. Never do it. I, I know some people have restrictions with, you know, payment plans and stuff like that where they can't put the money down directly. But, you know, if you purchase a phone directly from... If you purchase a phone directly from Samsung or other manufacturers, they do have installment plans that you can do directly through their websites as well. You don't That's have true. to go through your service provider. And even then, like, um, I don't remember, I don't know why there's a memory in my head of Poco saying they would be on Amazon, but I don't think that's true. Um, i trying to remember. But anyway, if it's on Amazon, financing plans there. They're on Gear. You know what? If you want to buy the Poco phone, it's on gearbest.com, available for four ninety nine. dollars they will ship the it to the U.S. <laughs> they will ship it to the U.S. for free. Oh, so, okay. So, I mean, yeah. So, there. I mean, you don't have to pay international shipping charges. I, I think it'll probably take you two weeks to get the phone. But, hey, if you want the phone and you don't want to spend a whole lot of money, it's available. You can do it. There's, you know, importers across the board that will will get it to you at, you know, little or no extra charge at all yeah it'll just take a while which i I know that pain because there's like certain foods from asia that i wish we had here but there are companies that send it out and they're like yeah shipping's free it'll just take a really long time (laughs) (laughs) shout out to anybody who's in like um uh jivan in particular he'll know what i'm talking about salted egg fish skin just want to put that term out there i wish we had that as a snack here in the u.s 100 percent. anyway go ahead (laughs) Yeah, one thing, like, yes, you can import it, and it all depends on, 
a lot of different things, but a lot of times if you do import it, you might be, be hit with an import tax mm -hmm. on top of it. Uh, so typically I think the import tax here in the U S is about 15%. So if you get, you know, you know, a $500 phone, you're going to be spending, you know, an extra $75 or so for import tax on top of that. But then again, you're not paying sales tax. So mm -hmm. it honestly, it evens out in the end. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. Well, some talk about the Poco. Uh, like I said, we're kind of winging the show. So it means that, you know, because of what you said in the live chat, we talked about the Poco F2 Pro. Um, so we're excited for that. I don't know when mine's going to come in. Um, you know, I, 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 I can't give too many details away, obviously, but they did, they did make the announcement. So it's not like I'm breaking any embargoes. I will tell you right now, it is slowly making its way from Asia. <laughs> the last time I looked at the tracking slow boat. It, yeah, the last time I looked at the tracking information, it was in Seoul of all places. <laughs> like I was like, wait, so how exactly is it like where is it flying out of? Anyway, um we will talk about more affordable devices. Uh in particular, we have the uh the TCLs in front of us, so we're going to go ahead and talk about those in a second. Um, but yes, we are going to get into a really quick break as far as our audio podcast is concerned. So let's go ahead and jump into that. I know that some people have their reviews out already, but as some of you probably understand by now, I not only work on Pocket now, I work on my channel. I'm literally working on two different channels at the same time, so give me a break. <laughs> the, uh, the TCL 10 Pro, though, has been an enjoyable phone. I can't give a full review. I can't even give any final thoughts yet because I've been working on a couple of other phones, a couple of other videos. That iPhone SE versus Pixel 3a piece that I mentioned earlier was at the top of my priority list for this week. Uh, but yes, I guess my main question for now, since Nick has the phone as well, and you've been using it, I presume, does this actually pan out? Does this phrase display greatness actually pan out for you on this phone? Um, I, I asked them that the two or three times that I've met with them about this phone before it was officially unveiled and showed off to the world. Honestly, they're just looking for a marketing term to put with the phone. They're trying to add something extra in addition to the TCL name because in the smartphone space, the TCL name means absolutely nothing to 99% of people. So they're trying to pull in their TV branding, which they're actually pretty good at, and trying to pull that in. Does it translate? The, the display is good. I mean, for what this $450 phone for the Pro, it's good. I don't know if it's the best display I've seen on a $450 phone. Um, I don't know. I, it, it's a mixed bag for me. I mean, the, overall, the phone's a mixed bag because I, I want to love it. The design of the phone is impeccable. Oh, yes. Uh, even on, so, even so. on the 10L, I have to say, the 10L actually has a really great look. And I know that for 250 on this phone, it's kind of hard to actually recommend it because it is a $250 phone in every sense of the word. <laughs> like, it does have some performance issues. I, no, I, I, I hate the design of the 10L. Really? I, it for for me it it feels cheap like you can press and pr the back of the phone is squishy um the 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 square camera bump thing on on the back it i uh, it i i think they they're like hey let's try to make them look the same but let's spend $1 versus $20 mm -hmm. and you I can suppose. definitely tell i mean 
like, yes, it's nice, it's glossy and whatever. It looks like a glass phone, but it, I mean, I, I would have preferred like a soft touch polycarbonate or something like that much better or the, you know, the same fit and finish as a, the pixel three a, um, I, I just think cheap, glossy plastic looks and feels cheap. Mm, I guess so. But I it mean, is. Again, it's a two, 200 and some odd dollar phone. So, yeah. I mean, you can't expect much. Exactly. Which is, which is probably where but I'm yeah, coming when you're, from with when it. When you're because... saying that you really like it, I'm just sitting there cringing. I'm like, no, I hate this. Well, I guess, I guess the reason why I say that is because, like, and, and even just from a few, like, little presses, look at how smudged up that thing gets already. But, yeah, the, uh, I will say that that's one of the, with any phone, that's one of my biggest problems is if, like, my, 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 uh, my hands are obviously on there. Like you could, you could, com- you could uh, accuse me of a crime with these fingerprints, but <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> the um, the the thing is, like, I guess when when you when you put a phone in front of me and you say four fifty or you say two fifty, I feel like my expectations as a reviewer immediately adjust. So when you tell me a two hundred fifty dollar phone looks like this, I'm like, you know what? That actually looks pretty good for two fifty. Like I'm I'm into it. I like I like that there's a little bit of there's a little bit of thought put into the way this thing looks the way it feels I mean yeah but again two fifty I guess that's the way that I am and um, yeah that's really that, that's really that's really no, what but I like, so good <clears throat> my my thing comes down to it's a two hundred and fifty dollar phone don't try to make it look like a five hundred dollar phone mm-hmm. while making the trade off to that is that it feels like a hundred dollar phone make it look like a $250 phone across the board and also make it feel like a $250 phone. Don't try to, you know, it, like it, it's, it's, it's trying to be a knockoff Gucci bag or something like that. <laughs> like that to me, that's what it feels like. And you, as soon as you like from far away, you're like, Oh yeah, that's a Gucci bag. And then you get up close and you look at the stitching and you look at this and you're like, this is not good. And you're like, Oh, but it's a knockoff. So it's only 50 bucks. But I'm like, but it's, it's not good. <laughs> Yeah, so, if it's spelled G O O C C I, that's a bad time, right? Juchi. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, so so there's things that you can do, and there's things that you can't do. But I, I think they, if they wouldn't have tried to make it look like their other devices, they could have done a better job with it. Fair. Um, so going back to the for, pro, the, for the same price. Going back to the pro. Yes. I'm still usually, I'm still pretty, okay, so we're going to get into this a little bit more later, but I have been playing more, uh, Nick has mentioned before that he's played a lot of Call of Duty Mobile uh, recently. I am back on it, I'm playing it way more recently, but for a very particular reason that we'll get to later, I played it here. It was, Why are you not playing with me? Uh, well, Gosh, th- this is our man. way of reconnecting on there. We got to hit that friend. I have no friends on any of these mobile games, I just realized. Like, <laughs> I never, Through Facebook. I never connect All my Facebook anybody. friends. Yeah, um, but yeah, I played it on here. It worked. It worked fine. Loading time took a little bit, but I'm still usually impre- I'm still generally impressed whenever I turn on this phone and just just going through Android actually feels proper. Uh, when you tell me a phone is less than five hundred dollars, I immediately think that even the most mundane of tasks is going to have a stutter. It's going to have a little bit of a problem. But when it comes to just like me checking my emails, using this as a teleprompter, I have this app right here that I use as a teleprompting app. Like it worked fine, and it worked exactly the way that I wanted it to. I feel like that's a point that should be made about this phone: is that you are paying less than most of the others, but you're not really especially as a general user, casual everyday user, you're not missing out on too much. And thank God for that. 
Yeah, and I, I think the one thing that needs to be mentioned, the processors inside of these phones aren't what is holding up or is leading to a bad experience if people are having a bad experience with a little bit of lag or apps not loading immediately. Typically what we're seeing is that the the display drivers themselves and then also the display refresh rates have a lot more to do with a phone feeling slow than the processor itself hmm. and also the software animation. So TCL has actually done an incredible job. The, their user experience with their software isn't the best. Like they could have done a little bit more to make it feel a lot more modern. Um, but they've done a really good job of toning down any animations within the software. They're yeah. not getting like if if you if you look on the new Samsung's One UI devices, people perceive them as being slow, even though they're not. It's because Samsung has this open app animation every time that you tap anything on the screen. You tap something on the Galaxy S20 and it takes a half a second to load because it's loading this animation. You can go into developer options and turn that off and then the phone feels like 50 times faster. Um, and to TCL's credit, they've not included any of that in here, hmm. which is kind of nice. Yeah. And so that 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 goes to the phone feels quick, and even even the the 10L, which has a su severely underpowered processor, it still feels kind of snappy here and there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely not as powerful, and you can this still plays the 10L can still play Call of Duty Mobile, which is kind of <laughs> surprising. Uh, but you're playing on low settings. Low and settings. You can I was just about the to low say re <laughs> low refresh rate, but it's still doable. So like if if you're buying a phone for your you know ten or twelve year old kid and they want to do some casual gaming, it still works. It's not the best experience, but it still works. Yeah, I agree. And um, as far as the sort of the performance perception, which I guess is what we'll call it. Yeah, the display and animations and the software optimization, it's a term that I've been using a lot lately, is that like these processors are meant, like they are, they're literally like the detail and then there's a sort of subjective layer that's put on top of that, which is the way the software is tuned, mm -hmm. how the animations are tuned and whatnot. So there are like certain processors that have been announced recently, especially from MediaTek and yeah, like a couple of phones, especially out in Asia, have started to pop up with this latest chipset. And like Isa has been working on one of them and she was like, ah, I don't know, like the it just doesn't feel like it it doesn't feel like the way that it had been advertised, at least from the processor standpoint. Sometimes it feels like something's missing. Yeah. Like you you're you're scrolling through and you're like, I can't put my finger on it, but this doesn't feel the way that it does on a Snapdragon. Yeah. And it's, you it, know, it's, and you know what, like MediaTek has done a really great job with the recent um, processors for sure. So that led me to believe that, and this is how we should all feel is that like, especially if you are paying a certain amount of money for the processor that's in there, processor companies don't really skimp. Like they create processors based upon a price point, which means that certain things are put in and certain things mm -hmm. are not. But as far as just raw processing power, they are tuned properly. They have to be or else, you know, their whole business model is yep. terrible. It has to do with how the manufacturer actually tunes their software and how they actually make everything optimized for said processor. So it's not really the processor that's the problem. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, the uh, the thing that I also noticed with the TCL 10 Pro <clears throat> is that 
yes, it does have a pretty snappy and smooth experience. And I want to use it as sort of a benchmark for future phones that come in around the same price point. Because yes, like going into Instagram, like recent apps, going to Twitter, recent apps, Chrome browser, recent apps, YouTube, it's pretty good. And I like that. And I feel like there's another consideration involved here, and that might be RAM usage. So obviously, that's another software optimization. But let's say you have a low amount of RAM or you have terrible RAM, even if it's like six gigabytes, if it's like old DDR3 or something like that, it's not going to be that great. Yep. You still need to be able to open up your apps pretty quickly, and RAM helps with that. So I feel like that's another consideration to make. Um, granted, one of the big arguments that people will make is like, well, then why does the iPhone only have two or three gigabytes of RAM? That's That actually proves my point in terms of software optimization. <laughs> Like mm -hmm. the Apple. Well, and so here's the thing. Like, it, I, I was going to mention that when you were talking about the processor before, because Apple has vertically integrated every piece of the process. So yes. they make the software. They they don't make the hardware itself, but they have spec'd out the processor based on their software. Yeah, it's the other way around. So imagine, yeah. Well, so the other way around, but either one. They're they're being developed in in cohesion yeah. so that there's nothing in between that's missed or any gaps. Qualcomm it knows that their Snapdragon chipsets are most likely going to be used for Android, but they can also be used for a heck of a lot of other things. And so they they know that they need to make it more robust around the edges so that you can throw whatever you want at it and it'll still work well. So that it's overpowered for what it actually delivers. Uh, whereas Apple says, we know exactly what our software is going to do. We know exactly what this chipset is going to do. We know what the limitations of both of them are so that our experience can be uniform across the board. Yeah. And also, we're developing four different phones with the same exact software and the same exact chipset. Whereas here are two different phones from MediaTek with slightly different software builds because they have different hardware builds on the inside. Mm -hmm. Like Apple doesn't do that. Like yeah, exactly. Every year they're like, no, this is our chipset. This is what we're building all of our software to because this is our chipset. Whereas TCL, who has a thousand different products, has a thousand different product teams working on each individual thing and everything has to be tweaked and customized individually. So yeah, there's not any um, smooth you know, transitions between the two because you can't really share driver information from a MediaTek processor to a Snapdragon processor to different display sizes to different display resolutions and, you know, a thousand other variables across all these devices. Yeah. Um, Actually, it's the beauty of Android that it's flexible, but it's also the Achilles heel, right? Yes. It's, it's a bit of a minefield. Like, and that's what I meant earlier. I, was, I wasn't trying to contradict you. I meant that Apple is the opposite of the way Android is because they, yeah. can, they can literally tune their hardware to their software. Meanwhile, every Android every Android manufacturer is kind of learning on the fly how to tune their software to the to the deluge of hardware that keeps coming in. Because in mm -hmm. just the last 2 years, we got the Snapdragon 7 series, the no, sorry, we got the Snapdragon 855 to the 865. We got to the 765 as far as ca cameras are concerned in the last year. Sony started pumping out these amazing 48 megapixel camera sensors and now it's 64 yep. megapixel and now we have all these other things and like 
with all these things that just keep pumping in, these manufacturers have to get their software and just be like, how do we take advantage of this? And this is a point that we've made before, uh, especially during Qualcomm Tech Summits, where they announce a bunch of features that are on the processor. But when do you see them actually appear on the phones? It's not until way later when the manufacturer finally figures out how to make it work pretty well. They figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and so like things like, um, you know, it, what Google's been doing in the last couple of years with their uh, auto HDR features for the images, like the default setting now is auto HDR. That was a feature that Qualcomm first introduced on their chipsets way back in the days of, let's say, the HTC One M8, mm -hmm. you know, we can take not auto HDR, but we have an HDR feature where we can take three pictures within milliseconds of each other, and then on the processor, we can stitch those together. And the only reason that manufacturers were able to push out an HDR feature on a smartphone is because Qualcomm enabled it on their chipset. Yep. Whereas Google went a different direction saying, yes, you can do this on the chipset, but we're going to do it in software instead. And the chipset's going to handle the processing, but we're going to do it specifically in our different direction. And that's where you started seeing the photos get dramatically better. It's not because they were waiting for Qualcomm or MediaTek to enable something on their chipset. They were saying, hey, we have the processing power on these on these chips to do whatever the heck we want. We just need the software experience yeah. to actually deliver it. We need a photo team to write some algorithms so that we have artificial intelligence in there to manually process and manipulate these images for the best experience possible rather than just saying, well, what's the next thing Qualcomm's going to come out with and when can we use it? Mm -hmm. No, let's take things into our own hands to deliver something, an experience that's phenomenal. And, you know, anyone who's used a Pixel phone, there's, you know, it's a mixed bag. You, you have, you want to love Google's Pixel devices. There's a thousand reasons not to love them, unfortunately. But the one reason to come back to them every time is that they said, hey, we're going to make photos the main reason to buy these phones, thus the name, right? Yeah. Uh, and they've delivered every time. You know, we, I might not agree that, you know, a telephoto camera is better than a wide angle. I think the wide angle is always the better option. Uh, but, you know, I still use, you know, once I'm done with my reviews, I always come back to my Pixel 4. It's the <laughs> main device that's in my pocket all the time just because I have family and I taking pictures for me is the number one priority. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into our final break. Uh, I want to do a quick shout out Jivan. Uh, he had, he just asked a question a second ago. I want to make sure I come back to that in a little bit, just kind of making that mental note. Uh, but yeah, no, I totally agree. And the, the, what point was I just about to make? I'm trying to remember. Um, but in, well, okay, actually, you know what? Let's just go ahead and get into our actual break because you just mentioned that you go back to the pixel four. I don't know. I'm so many phones are coming in right now that I feel like my daily driver is going to actually sort of morph multiple times over the next month or two. Uh, one phone recently just came in, which has gotten me back into mobile gaming heavy, and we're going to get into it in a little bit. Um, by the way, I understand that uh, Nick might be going a little bit overtime right now, so I want to just say real quick on the podcast, thanks, Nick, for sticking around still. You, you had told me that before three would be ideal for you to <laughs> be on the show. No, to start it. To start at three. Oh, really? Okay. Well, for fair me. enough then. Yeah. 
Uh, in that case, we're going to go ahead and get into our Q&A session. So anybody that's in the live chat right now, get your questions ready. Um, I don't know how to do this, but like I, I usually tell people use the question and answer thing from the beginning of the show. There's a little question mark at the bottom of the feed um, that you can hit ask your question and it stays there so we can get to it later. But I guess people don't realize to use that. I'm going to try mentioning that more often at the beginning of shows. In any case, get your questions ready. Go ahead and throw that in. And uh, yeah, let's go into our final break. Uh, Jivan had a question earlier that mentioned, since we were talking about how Apple is able to tune their software to their hardware rather but no tune their hardware to their software rather than the other way around jivan said wouldn't that mean that android has a serious handicap unless google starts working with both oems and processor manufacturers now here's the thing this is a really weird way to put it but i view the world of android as the true smartphone capitalist society (laughs) everyone's in it for their own profit margins which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but everyone is working independently and then finding ways in the middle to work together. Apple, on the other hand, is a little bit more hands-on. I'm not going to say communist, but I'm going to say they're way more hands-on. They're way more hands-on in that they have their hands in every single portion of the process. Does that mean that Google and OEMs and processor manufacturers coming together would be awesome? Yes. But wouldn't that also mean that Android is not quite as diverse? as it is now, wouldn't that sort of hinder diversity ultimately? I I totally think it would. I mean, if if Google was sitting there dictating to uh to Qualcomm or MediaTek exactly what they should be putting into their processor every time and, you know, this is exactly where Android is going, this is what you should be doing, um it would it would make Android a different ecosystem than it is right now. I mean, Qualcomm and Google do talk. They do know what each other's roadmaps do look like before we know it, um, as do Android OEMs. I mean, Android OEMs know what's going on behind the curtains at Google uh, way before we do. Uh, Unfortunately, those are all closed doors discussions because, you know, they don't want to, you know, show their hand to Apple and other competitors. But um, you know, if Google was in there playing its own game and forcing everybody's hand, then, you know, we, I, I just got a cool thing this week. I got, everyone knows, um, Aki, mm. uh, the batteries and chargers and stuff. They have, is it Aki or Anchor? I forget. They have a sub-brand called Nebula, which is projectors. I think that's... Uh, can't, I don't remember. Aki or Anchor? I don't remember, actually. One of those two. I get them mixed up all the time. So they have a <laughs> sub-brand called Nebula, which makes projectors that have Android installed on them and a built-in battery, and it's a Bluetooth speaker all in one. And I honestly, so it's about the size of a camera lens, but it's a Pico projector, and it runs Android. This is my camera lens. Oh, I was so like, the, wait a minute. <laughs> it's, it, it's about It's about this size. Uh, so it looks like a large, uh, like a large beer can or whatever, and it's got a built-in battery, a built-in speaker, has a great speaker actually. It has a feature where you can just use it as a Bluetooth speaker and not a projector. But then it like self-adjusts and does auto focus and whatever. And I I was just walking around the house with this projector in my hand, shining at something on the ceiling, shining it on the walls. My girls were freaking out, and it had 
it's running Android. One of them, they have versions that have Android TV built in, and another one's just another their own custom version of Android. And it's running a, I think it's a MediaTek chip inside, and you can build these crazy things where, you know, if if Google was dictating every single thing you could do with Android and what the processor specs would have to be and what the hardware needs to be, we wouldn't get cool stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, just as far as load up the YouTube app and load up Netflix and have walk around with projecting whatever the heck you want with something that fits in your pocket, literally. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I have this image in my head and I'm trying to remember just how accurate it is. Doesn't Google have exactly what PC app developers or program developers have, which is the minimum requirements and then the recommended requirements? Google actually says that as far as uh, running Android is concerned. They do the PC thing. So obviously like these hardware manufacturers have to sort of meet those requirements but they don't necessarily have to optimize for it like not not heavy so mm-hmm. that's one of the things so on the other hand you have a very rigid list of what every iphone is meant to have uh, as far as hardware and software is concerned and it actually brings me back to the point that i made in my um iphone se versus pixel 3a video which by the way like as far as versus and comparisons are concerned i've made no bones about the fact that i actually really don't like doing versus content Um, Not in the traditional sense, because the way that I see it is if you as the discerning consumer really want to compare two different phones, there is a million different ways that you can look at both devices and make your decision. And the comment that I can't stand the most when it comes to the versus videos is, but just tell me which one to buy. And I'm like, that's your problem, dude. (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm (laughs) I'm telling you the pros and the cons. I might give you, I might be leaning more towards one than the other, but honestly, yeah, it comes down to personal preference for 99% of it because do you prefer battery life or do you prefer a better screen? Exactly. Or do you prefer a great camera or a better software experience? And I would much prefer... And this is the way that I am going to do versus content moving forward for the most part is I treat a lot of my videos on pocket now as like an editorial. So it's, it's actually like a video editorial of sorts. So there are actually like bylines and there are like sections and stuff like that. So when I do a comparison, it's, it's less about like looking at the two and going, this one loaded this app faster. Like I I hate that stuff. I'm just being honest. I hate that stuff. It's more about me looking at the story of both devices. It's almost like me revisiting both devices and giving you my perspective and thoughts on them singularly while giving some perspective on why one might be a little bit more preferred over the other. But I'm never going to look at a phone mm-hmm. and just go, this is way better than this, this is trash, and blah, blah, blah. And I don't bash things. Um, it's just not the way that I am. As far as the iPhone is concerned, and this kind of comes back to our whole discussion about the way Android is run and how Apple's ecosystem is run, The iPhone SE, the reason why its performance is so interesting is because Apple looked at the iPhone SE. What benchmark does the iPhone SE have to meet other iPhones? Meanwhile, every Mm -hmm. Android phone is competing not just with the Mm -hmm. iPhone, but with every other Android phone. Every other, yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. So if Apple keeps their eye on the Mm -hmm. ball and just says, this should perform like the iPhone X, they win already because if they were to succeed in making that happen, you have a flagship experience in a $400 phone. So that's why it's such an interesting phone. Yeah. And that, that brings us to, I mean, I I don't know if you're ready to make that transition yet, but the new device that you have and devices like the Pocophone, because the Pocophone F2 pro is honestly, so 
mine's supposed to show up today. It's on the <laughs> DHL truck for, for delivery from Japan. God, I love um, this thing. But like, so these devices here, so this can be said for these smartphones too. Um, these are, I, 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 I've kind of coined for myself and for, you know, Fandroid, the term uh, budget flagship smartphones. Mm -hmm. So it like, it's a flagship in the terms of it has a great display that a flagship should have and the processor and the RAM, but the prices for a mid-range device and some other things are mid-range as well, like the cameras. Like you're not going to expect a $500 phone unless it's a Pixel 3a or something like that to take good pictures. But that's the same thing with the iPhone SE story. It has the performance. It has all the things that you expect from an iPhone, except, oh, it's the camera from the 8. It's not the camera from the 11. Mm -hmm. You know, it's things like that. And it's the battery life from the 8. So there still are compromises that are being made. But as far as performance goes, the issue that I have with most of the budget flagship Android phones is that the software experience isn't up to snuff. Yeah. Like the like if if you had that phone there and it was running the Pixel version of Android, it would be a phenomenal device. You know, with the optimizations that Google does for Android and everything like that and running pure stock Android, but with the skins and the animations and things that these manufacturers are putting on and the fact that they're not prioritizing software performance they're they're prioritizing like overall speed and performance of the device to make the device fast but they're not prioritizing the software experience itself more of the experience not the speed and so you get a slightly inferior product because of that yeah uh, a little bit and um <laughs> so we can go into i actually there was one more question that somebody asked i don't remember the name i have to scroll all the way back but uh someone was asking lg v60 versus the galaxy note 10 plus which one would you go for and i think you know just to keep to our q a wanted to answer that one this is probably the one this is the one thing that i would probably say if the note 10 plus is the same price as the v60 now i would say Note 10 plus but if it's not v60 is 100 percent the one i would recommend uh that's a tough one um it goes back to the the value and the overall experience. I think Samsung has a phenomenally good software experience, especially when it comes to the S Pen. Like even though the V60 does support pen support, what they give you in the software for pen support is nothing close to what Samsung is giving you. And so if that's the main reason for those comparison or the, the decision between choosing between those devices, if you're looking to buy a phone for pen support, the Note is beyond a shadow of a doubt the best device that you should be getting. My vote would be for the regular Note, not the Note 10, mm. uh, just because I'm a smaller phone kind of guy. Same. But I love the look at that phone. Like if if... If you can get the Aura, what is it called? The Aura Glow uh, finish on the back of the phone. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. I love that phone. Uh, even though I don't love the price, that's one of the phones that I actually would pay, you know, $1,000 for. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would just say, I don't know what the price is of the Note 10 Pro, uh, the Note 10 Plus is right now, but I don't know. If it does somehow get 
low enough to where it's just where the V60 is. That's where the real contention is for me. Um, But I imagine it's still higher in price, which is why I would say trying to save some money, LG V60, more than enough for you. I automatically assume from a lot of users that they're not going to be power S Pen users. Like you have to tell me that you want the S Pen for me to tell you go for that phone. But if you're just saying in general, which phone, which phone, you know, I'm like, you know, save your money. Um, because if you're not going to use the S Pen, you're just wasting your money at that point. So that's really my yeah. one. Thing. I mean, so that's the thing. That's the main attraction for the Note. Uh, if you need to buy it for the pen, if you're not buying it for the pen, there's no reason to buy a Note. Buy, buy a Galaxy S, whatever, because that's really the only difference between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So we have a few more minutes left. I do finally want to actually mention, I, I showed it on the live feed, but I'm finally showing off the Red Magic 5G. I feel bad because I actually had this in its box for like a solid week before I finally unboxed it. Again, I'm working on two different channels, so I'm <laughs> I'm very, very busy and I wasn't able to get to it. Now I'm going to have- and here I am just waiting for DHL to show up <laughs> with my phone. Uh, Jivon earlier mentioned like, do you have the Black Shark? And I'm like, no, I think that one is on its way. I don't know when it will arrive. I think that I'm supposed to be getting the Black Shark 3 Pro pretty soon. I really want it also, but the Black Shark does not have the feature that I'm really enjoying on this, and it's the air triggers. And the buttons? Mm-hmm. Do they work for Call of Duty? Absolutely. They're so good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. I can't wait for mine to show up. I and can't. that's why I'm playing Pub- uh, PUBG. That's why I'm playing Call of Duty Mobile way more recently is because those triggers actually work really, really well. And there are two reasons why. Number one, it does, you know, it, it obviously is a more tactile feel. But here's the thing that I noticed. One of the reasons why it might be hard to actually aim at your opponent um, and have super accurate aim is because when you're running around and you have, like, let's say the claw grip... There's always like these micro movements that your fingers are doing. So you, it's hard to keep mm-hmm. your gun steady, you know, and that, and that makes sense. When you're using the trigger, it is a software-based pinpointed press simulated on yep. the screen. So when you're pressing this button, your finger, quote unquote, your, your virtual finger is not moving an inch. It's not moving at all on that, on that yep. fire button. So it's just a straight shot. So... I hesitate to call gaming phones like this god tier for things like Call of Duty Mobile, but it certainly helps. No, and so here's here's my thing. Like I've I've I'm typically not a first person shooter uh, kind of guy, but I've been playing Call of Duty Mobile um, probably religiously since right around Christmas time. Um, I didn't install it when it first came out for Android just because they're not typically the kind of games that I, I play. And I've played quite a few similar similar games. I played PUBG. I played Fortnite Mobile. Uh, but there's something about that game that they got just right. And now that there are phones that can take advantage of you know the on-screen keys with dedicated hardware buttons like that, I think the the landscape for gaming phones is going to be changing dramatically going forward like we've seen gaming phones since decades ago i mean i mean there's the original you know the nokia engage and other devices (laughs) oh man engage sony had their 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 playstation phone yeah the xperia play i mean honestly like I, i don't know why they're not coming out with another like nintendo's done so well with the switch and honestly that's just an old Tegra chip inside of there (laughs) and the phone, the thing's pretty much running Android. Um, and you can install Android on it too. 
Um, but I mean, Nintendo's been so successful in that, and Sony's kind of abandoned its mobile, you know, gaming presence. Uh, but they could totally come back with, you know, a dedicated gaming device uh, with something like that. Um, but that's whatever. Tell me, tell me about this awesome phone because well, okay, mine's still on the truck. One hundred and forty-four hertz refresh rate on the screen. I still am not okay. 90 is great to see becoming more common. And I feel like the majority of users out there will see 90 and go, oh, yeah, this is nice. 144, it's overachieving. And it's like, I don't really know if I'm benefiting from it ultimately. Like, the air triggers make more sense. Um, there are actually some screen enhancements. There's actually a, 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 a setting that you can set for your game where, like, the color is changed so that you can see darker spots more or you can like see better like those are things that i do on pc games i turn up the brightness HDR like that way i can see features yeah. exactly um but the, the thing that i've noticed most and the reason why i've been on call of duty mobile the most is because the comfort level of playing that game on this more than any other device uh any regular device even the oneplus 8 pro the phone doesn't get hot because there's a fan in here <laughs> and Mm -hmm. performance doesn't go down because just like you know, anybody can tell you like especially people out in asia in the hottest places of in the world your phone slows down when it gets hot so if you live in a hot climate like you have that problem a lot of the time um it makes it worse right it makes it worse we live in america and we got air conditioning man <laughs> like i've always noticed that honestly whenever i travel that's when i notice my phones are slower than usual because it's already like hot and i'm using it to like you know get directions in the middle of nowhere or use use the camera all the time i remember my pixel 3a when i took it out to the philippines it was the slowest i had ever experienced it when i was island hopping on my birthday so like i noticed that and i realized oh yeah no wonder like we take it for granted in the u.s that there's all of this qa that's being done like these phones are inside of a huge oven and we're like why would they do that mm -hmm. and that's why is because they want to make it, sure those are the reasons mm-hmm yeah, I, I think the the reason the the main slowdown that most people see here in the states is probably in California as well as you go to the beach and you have your phone in your bag and then you pull out your phone and you start using it and you just want to send a text message and like the messaging app takes like a second and then you get the warning on the screen excessive heat warning for your device will shut off in a couple minutes and like what's going on here yeah exactly <laughs> and the more i keep using this phone again i have not used not again i should mention i haven't used the cameras i will say that the camera on the redmi the redmi the red magic 3 from last year is it 3s i'm trying to remember um, but that's the one that I brought with me to, I actually did a vlog. I did a vlog in Japan using the Red Magic last year. It did a pretty good job. Like the audio pickup was pretty bad. So it's not a really good vlogger's phone, but I, yeah, that's the one I was actually impressed with that camera. I actually liked what came out of it, especially for stills. It, it was decent. I yeah. mean, it, it wasn't, again, this was what a $450 phone. So mm -hmm. you, you can't expect, you know. You're not going to get Pixel 3a camera quality out of it, but it it will compete with, I would say, the TCL 10 Pro. Agreed. I mean, and and that's, um, that's the standard what you need to compare it to, right? Yeah. And like I, like I said earlier, uh, as we keep doing throwbacks in this episode, I mentioned earlier that last year was when we started to see Sony just pump out these high slash mid-range IMX yeah. 48, megapixel pro, uh, 48 megapixel sensors. And the Red Magic was one of the phones that benefited from that from that push mm -hmm. so it it made me realize that 
Sony is making it so that every phone has a decent camera now. <laughs> and the Red Magic was yeah. one of them. So I was like, yes, this is what we want to see. You know, this rush to the middle. So if you're able to make a $400 phone that has some pretty awesome specs, it's not necessarily because like, you know, people are skipping out on anything. It's because manufacturers are still are, are actually making it so that they have decent enough specs for that price. So we got to see more of that. Um, on that note, the fan in here, it is a little loud. <laughs> like I can hear it, obviously. And I actually find that a bit of a comfort, the fact that I can hear it because it makes me feel like it's actually working. And obviously in performance, it is. It's working. Um, And I thought to myself at one point after playing like an hour straight, I was like, why not? Like, why not have a fan in a phone now? Like, I know that that would mean no more IP ratings ever, but... but But my laptops don't have fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? So you can buy a laptop. You can you can actually buy like one of those small compact PCs or all-in-one PCs with a display, and they don't have fans anymore. Mm-hmm. So we have desktop computers and laptops that don't have fans anymore. But now we have <laughs> we have smartphones with fans. <laughs> and and to be fair, we've we've, we've done a. Th- 180. <laughs> and to be fair, uh, a lot of phones have a cooling system. So there's like the liquid cooling and all that yes. stuff. But when, you know, when I'm playing yeah. this game, like, okay, I, I'm, I'm a gamer at heart. I won't say that I'm a true gamer because I've, I don't, I don't especially mobile gaming, I never finish a game. So I, <laughs> I can't talk, but I play a lot of games. I can't remember the last time I finished a mobile game. Yeah. So that said, though, I'm a gamer at heart. I love playing all these games. And when I turn on Call of Duty Mobile at max settings, which is rare for me to be able to do, um, and I hear that fan going, I know I'm good. I know that I'm, you know, I can play this for the next, like, 90 minutes. I'm good. And that's that's a good thing, you know? Like, whereas we have certain phones like the Pixels, like the iPhones, where people are like, camera's king, photos are great, videos are great, gaming mm-hmm. is great. Like, this is fun. Yes. Um. Well, and that, that's what I like about the whole Android eco- ecosystem because the consumer can choose what their priority is. Exactly. You can choose, do, do I need an amazing display? Yes or no. Do I need an amazing battery? Yes or no. Do I need an amazing camera? And you can go down the list of all the major features and specifications that a phone has to offer, and you can find something that's tailored to your budget and also your specific needs. That's why there are 72 different phones that come out every year. Um, honestly, there's 172 phones that come out every year, and you know only 72 are worth talking about. <laughs> Um, but that's, but that's the thing, like there, there is so much diversity in the space and the fact that manufacturers are focusing on unique, unique segments of the market makes it so much better. What I'm honestly interested in is a device like that, except drop the cameras completely. Give, Mm. give me a mobile tablet made for gaming. It's not a phone get rid of the 5g connectivity give me something cheaper throw out all those extras like if you get rid of the cameras if you get rid of the front-facing camera if you get rid of the nfc chip and wireless charging and that one doesn't have wireless charging but all those other features that that make it a phone like give me 4g connectivity and strip out all the extras and just give me a gaming device Mm -hmm. like and sell it to me for 350 dollars like 
how great would that device be for a $350 device for people who honestly buy these certain types of phones for one specific reason? Like they, they have another phone that they use to take photos with or most likely, you know, it's not like yeah, that's yeah. the one thing that they only have. And that is actually um, a thought give, that give I had. More um, options. That is a thought I had earlier when you mentioned the Xperia play. Um, why not make a device like you're saying right now that is literally geared towards a gaming experience, mm-hmm. uh, take away some of the stuff. Sony put out, a, put out a, I guess we'll call it tablet, like a handheld device. Put out a handheld device literally made for PS4 remote play. Steam, put out a handheld device that is literally made for Steam Link. You know? Well, yeah, NVIDIA. Like, NVIDIA makes their Tegra chipset, like, they, their GPUs, like... They should like they had the Nvidia Shield, uh, and it was a great little. That's uh, a great example. Shield tablet, yeah. and yeah, I mean, so they have the Nvidia Shield, like the media player, but the Shield tablet, like, give us an updated Tegra processor, you know, that can compete with a Snapdragon eight sixty five, but just make it a gaming device. Don't make it a phone. Don't make it something where for video calls. Just give me a gaming device that I can, you know. P- leave on my nightstand and play games on just just like you know a nintendo switch and because it's a tegra processor you know connect it to an hdmi cable and put it on your tv as well i mean it, they can do that too yeah um and even then like with the tegra yes i agree and as jivan was saying wouldn't that just be more like a souped up switch yeah in a sense but from where i'm coming from the reason why i said remote play and steam link like i've actually been using those more often in my home networks to play what I would normally play at this desk somewhere else in the house. So if I were to have a dedicated mm-hmm. device for my PS4 remote play, uh, whether or not it's in my Wi-Fi or somewhere abroad, somewhere out, um, you know, somewhere out doesn't matter to me as much. I just like being able to play my PS4 games somewhere else. That's just something that I like doing. But yeah, a dedicated device for that reason. Like they tried to with like the PlayStation TV where you would connect a little set-top box on another TV and you can stream your PS4 yep. games. Steam Link obviously has like the the little Steam, um, the small desktop that's just for Steam streaming. Even then, you know, if game streaming is the future, let's start having some of these devices actually geared towards that. Um, and I would love yeah. to see that personally. Um, but yeah. Um, well, and th- that's the thing. Like uh, the, the consoles, uh, you know, they are the most popular gaming systems around, you know, by far. They, they sell millions and get to the hundreds of millions marks after a couple of years. Um, but mobile gaming is by far the most popular type of gaming. And if the difference between mobile gaming and, you know, console gaming or PC gaming is a new game costs 60 bucks versus most games on mobile are free or cost anywhere from two to ten dollars mm-hmm. so the developers aren't making as much money up front you know they make their money you know by selling you you know a thousand different things you know in in app purchases things like that so they definitely make good money on that front but you know what if we had you know call of duty you know the real version that I could stream directly to my Android device, you know, via, you know, and you're definitely going to be able to get there like with Stadia and things like that. It's mm-hmm. just not there yet. Yeah. But I mean, give, give me something that's a little bit, a little bit more hardware dependent. That's not directly connected all, you know, directly the, the, I don't know what the words are that I'm trying to say. 
the the performance isn't directly connected to only your internet connection. Oh yeah, yeah. Give me some hardware optimizations on on the device itself, um, because these devices can handle it. I mean, as I said, I I have a two hundred and some odd dollar crappy phone here that can play Call of Duty Mobile on it, and you know even at low settings, it's still a really great game and a great experience. So. Yeah, and maybe just have a little bit, like you were saying, a little bit of hardware optimization. Maybe it would be like you could have local but locked files installed on the device to make loading easier, to make it easier. Like you, maybe you can't play without an internet connection, but you know you have some locally installed stuff. Um, in any case, yeah, I mean, we've gone for a little over an hour. I want to thank everybody for being in the live chat. Uh, I'm sorry if we didn't get to everybody's questions. Um, but yeah, we... Uh, we're, we're playing a lot of Call of Duty right now. It's kind of a takeaway from the last like five minutes. Um, and partially because of the Red Magic. So yes, you're going to be getting the Red Magic 5G a little bit later today. You're going you're gonna to enjoy it. But I will say that my one, my one problem with these gaming phones is that they have such a great pedigree already. Last year's gaming phones already like sort of blew the doors off of what a gaming phone could be like. The one part that breaks the experience is just the localization. Global ROMs take a while to finally look optimized and look better in the US or in the West or in Europe or whatever you want to call it. There's some of that here. Like, for example, my favorite one is when I get the low battery warning and it says batteries below 20%. And the button you click, what, what does it usually say when, uh, when it tells you that? Like low battery warning. Usually you get like a pop-up and then it's like dismiss. Do you want to go into... You like dismiss or turn on mm -hmm. low power mode or something like that, depending on the device. What this one says is batteries below 20%. And the button you hit is I know. <laughs> Just like, okay, cool. I, I know. know. <laughs> I got this. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So to, to just round off the show, I want to make sure I do my usual, um, like final segment. Uh, we didn't really plan for this or anything, so it's not going to be a long one, but I just wanted to ask Nick Gray, editor in chief of Fandroid, what is in your pocket now? Uh, so it's, uh, too big to be in my pocket and I, we were going to talk about it, but we didn't, but the Lenovo Chromebook yeah. duet. I totally forgot uh, about that. My it is a Chromebook. <laughs> it's it's too, like if you have a trench coat, you can maybe fit it in your pocket. But it's a ten inch, ten inch Chrome tablet that costs two hundred and seventy nine dollars, and it comes with a keyboard and stand, um, something that Apple would charge you three hundred and seventy dollars for if you're looking for their their keyboard and stand for their iPad Pro. Um, I was actually able to get because it is a Chromebook. It has the Play Store. I was I played a couple rounds of Call of Duty Mobile on that, and it worked fairly well. You using cheater! A ten inch tablet. <laughs> you cheater with the mouse. Using a ten inch tablet. <laughs> no, I did. I didn't use. I didn't use the mouse. Oh, I, okay. I was doing on screen stuff, but that gives me an idea. I can connect my mouse and keyboard <laughs> to it. And, um, it like the and so with Call of Duty Mobile, it always shows you the the settings options, depending on what your device is. So it won't even show uh, like high resolution settings or high refresh rates if if it doesn't think your device can handle it. Um, it, it was showing the medium refresh rate. So it's a MediaTek P60 processor inside. So it's a mm. mid-range device. But uh, the fact that it's a Chromebook running an Android app at medium settings 
and it's $279 and comes with a keyboard and case and stand and all that, buy this thing. I mean, this is, this thing's amazing. I saw it at CES. They, Lenovo unveiled it at CES. Yeah. And it was honestly, we, we gave it a best of CES award there. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm working on my review. Uh, but so far I'm loving this thing. I've been, I've been typing up, uh, all my articles the last couple of days on, on the keyboard and it's a little bit cramped, uh, because it is, you know, a keyboard for a 10 inch tablet, but it's, it's a great little device. And honestly, if you're looking for something to take to school or just uh, casual media consumption, it's, it's something worth considering. All right, cool. Well, with all that said, we're going to say thank you to Nick for being on the show. Uh, yeah, uh, all of the links for all of our stuff, whether it's Nick's over at Fandroid, myself as JV, and of course Pocket Now is in the show notes, so make sure you check those out so you can follow everything that we're all up to. There's a lot of it, of course. Uh, but with all that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one and move into the outro. Don't forget to follow Nick Gray over at Fandroid. Obviously, that's fandroid.com with the PH at the beginning. And then you can also follow him on Twitter and Instagram using the links that I have in the show notes. You can also follow me on YouTube and beyond. On YouTube, I am at youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara. And then my social media handles are at JVTechT. You know me, I'm JV. I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. Follow Pocket Now all over the place at Pocket Now on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, you can head over to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Pocket Now. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't already keep up with everything that we're doing across all of these different platforms and keep up with especially the instagram lives that we do every week as we record this podcast from there we're going to go ahead and call it on this one thank you so much for listening or for watching if you were there for the ig live or if you're watching this on IGTV. and from there we'll call it on this one thank you so much for watching and we will see you in our next episode <laughs>